Good day, folks. Pastor Jim Thomas from the Village Chapel here in Nashville, Tennessee with your daily devotional. Reading once again from In the Lord, I Take Refuge by Pastor Dane C. Ortland. Uh, many of you will know him as an author, the author of a book called Gentle and Lowly. Uh, been one of my favorites over the last couple of years, describing the heart of Jesus and uh, his great uh, welcome, open heart, uh, eager for you and I to turn to him in faith, believing. Uh, this particular book, In the Lord I Take Refuge, uh, 150 reflections on the Psalms. And so one for each of those great ancient songs uh, that, uh, uh, what a great collection of, of songs right there in the middle of your Bible um, expresses virtually every human emotion that you can possibly imagine from the highest of highs to the deepest of and de the depths of despair. Um, uh, they, they do such a great job, these psalms do, of not only speaking to us, but speaking for us. Uh, they're great to pray through, to think through. Uh, they're songs of revelation and response, God revealing himself to us, and then giving us words to respond to him. And so uh, I love this. This is a selection I've chosen for today is Psalm 3. And it's the first of the psalms uh, that has a superscription. This one is uh, a psalm of David uh, from when he was uh, fleeing from Absalom, his son. Some of you may remember your Old Testament history enough to uh, remember that from 2 Samuel, I believe that's chapter 15 or so. Um, and by the way, we, we studied that all together, verse by verse, first and second Samuel. If you, if you'd like to, to do a little study of those two great historical books, I highly recommend, uh, just jump on the Village Chapel website or download the, uh, the Village Chapel app if you would like, and you can access all of that, uh, for free. But here we have a, a song that, uh, David, King David actually wrote out of that pain of having, uh, to run away from Jerusalem where his throne was as king. And that double pain, the, the deeper pain uh, of actually having to run away from his own son who was coming to uh, depose King David and um, seemed to have murder on his mind as well. So we have a song of uh, fl uh, you know a man in flight, a man in great pain, a man uh, probably quite confused about what God is up to and what God might be allowing to happen. And certainly there are many, many people in the world uh, in our own day and time uh, struggling with very similar kinds of situations. Let me read the psalm first, and then uh, we'll uh, read the four or five paragraphs from Pastor Dane Ortland. Uh, oh Lord, how many are my foes? Many are rising against me. Many are saying of my soul, there's no salvation for him in God. And then there's this word Selah, and it appears three times in Psalm 3. And it apparently means, think about that for a second. Uh, there might be a, uh, an opportunity in the ancient song, the way that they would sing this psalm for there to be an instrumental interlude there. I don't know. Uh, it's, it's difficult to tell when you're, uh, you know, a couple thousand, 3,000 years later trying to figure out what each and every part of the psalm might mean. But this beautiful ancient Hebrew poetry expresses uh, great anguish here. 
uh, as David is leaving Jerusalem, fleeing from his own son. Uh, let me start over again. I'll just say that little Selah part when it comes up those three times. And uh, we'll pause for a second just to reflect. But uh, so from verse one again, O Lord, how many are my foes? Many are rising against me. Many are saying of my soul, there is no salvation for him and God. Selah. But you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. I cried aloud to the Lord, and he answered me from his holy hill. Selah. I lay down and slept. I woke again, for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of many thousands of people who have set themselves against me all around. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for you strike all my enemies on the cheek. You break the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing be on your people. Selah. That is Psalm 3. Let's see what Pastor Dane Ortland has for us here uh, as he reflected upon this psalm. This is the first psalm with a title. David wrote this psalm, we are told, as a response to the heart-wrenching experience of being violently pursued by his own son Absalom. We see in this psalm how a man of God models genuine faith in the midst of dire circumstances. What must it have been like to be murderously hunted by his own child? I can't even begin to imagine that. David felt utterly overwhelmed by the sheer weight of opposition. Many are rising against me, he said. Many thousands of people have set themselves against me. What strengthens David, however, is not strength mustered up from within. What stabilizes David is not self-generated optimism. David knows that earthly help is worthless when the tidal waves of life threaten to overwhelm and drown us. Instead, David looks to God. But you, O Lord, are a shield about me, verse 3 says. This is the posture of faith. Only in this way does David's internal frenetic anxiety die away so that he can sleep in peace once more, as we're told in verse 5. Self-divesting trust in God is the channel through which the deliverance and power of God may flow. I think I've got to read that sentence again. Think of this. Really marinate on this one. Self-divesting trust in God is the channel through which the deliverance and power of God may flow. And he asks a question, which is a very pastoral 
of him. Um, what threatens to overwhelm you today? We have an even greater source of calm than David did, for there is one who did not strike God's enemies on the cheek, like verse 7 says here, but instead let himself be struck on the cheek. Indeed, he experienced the ultimate rejection, being nailed to a Roman cross. Jesus allowed himself to be truly overwhelmed by his enemies. The result is that believers can be confident that every overwhelming experience they face is from a loving father to help them. And so we have uh, the comments from Pastor Dane Ortland pointing us right back to Jesus. I'm reminded that in Luke 24, 44, Jesus said all of these Psalms ultimately point to him and find their fulfillment in him. I think that's so important for us. Um, so even our suffering, uh, even times of great anxiety, and I think of uh, David running from Jerusalem, I think of Jesus and his disciples on the night he was betrayed, uh, walking out of Jerusalem across the Kidron Valley and into the Garden of Gethsemane, where he would be uh, overwhelmed with uh, anxiety and anguish in the garden there as he prayed, literally sweating drops of blood, um, praying, uh, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass. But, it, but, but if not, not my will, but thine be done. And so you can see our relationship with God through Christ. Not only does it change our lives, transform our lives, but it transforms our view of suffering as well. Because Jesus, our great Redeemer, not only suffered the scourging, uh, but also death on a cross so that you and I might find life in his name. What drove him there? His great love for sinners like me. His great love for sinners like you. No matter where you are at right now spiritually, no matter what you've done, um, your proximity doesn't matter. Uh, what matters is would you turn to him in repentance and faith, believing in him, um, that he is your redeemer. He is your savior. Um, this is one of the most beautiful, unique things about the Christian gospel. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for Jesus um, uh, thank you that when we face anguish, anxiety, difficulty, trials, overwhelming odds against us in so many ways, we can indeed turn to you. We're not just screaming out into the dark universe, but our cries for mercy, our cries for help are actually heard by you. You actually hear us. You care for us. You love us. And you have taken away the, the ultimate and, and, and the, the greatest enemy we have, which is death itself. You've dismantled and defeated it and taken away its permanence. And we're so grateful for that. Uh, we look to you even as we consider uh, your death and your resurrection and your promised return to one day come and set the world to rights the world that is so dark, so filled with injustice, so 
so filled with anxiety, fear, and confusion. You intend to return and set the world to rights, and we are gladdened in our hearts by that promise. Uh, Lord, help us now to walk in light of the grace and mercy that you have shown to us in calling us to be your sons and daughters. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. This podcast is a resource of the Village Chapel in Nashville, Tennessee. Don't forget to also subscribe to one of our other podcasts, Curate's Corner with Kim Thomas. Every Friday throughout the season of Lent, join Kim as she looks at the story of Jesus' last week as told through classic art, prayers, and scriptures. You can subscribe to her podcast on all major platforms, including the Village Chapel YouTube channel, and you can find accompanying resources at lent.thevillagechapel.com. If you find this daily devotional beneficial, leave a review and share it with friends and family. For more resources or to support our ministry, visit our website, thevillagechapel.com. Artwork for this podcast by Kim Thomas, music by Phil Kagey.